Hey guys, Emily from the Create U86 podcast, where you'll find the best of planning and organization lifestyle talk. So I've been out of the game for quite a while, um, and it's kind of an interesting story. So January 2nd, I injured myself at work. Um, I was yeah, I work with one-year-olds, I'm a teacher, so I was down doing art with them at their little table. I went to stand up and my back went out. Seemed like a pretty simple thing, go home, get some rest. No, it's taken better part of my year. It's now almost the end of June, um, and I am actually one week post-op surgery. So <clears throat> what happened is I blew out, well not blew out, but I had a really bad bulging L5-S1 disc in my spine, and um, so we were trying to decide what to do. I saw a chiropractor, I had injections, I had epidurals. I had physical therapy. I did everything I could have done up until this point. So I go to my doctor and he says, all right, well, I don't want to do surgery. And I know you don't want to do surgery, but this is what's got to get done. So what happened was a week ago, Tuesday, I went into the hospital and I had a L5-S1 spinal fusion. So what happens is, is they take the disc out. They cut it out. They cut the specific disc out of your spine. So that little thing that looks like it's rubbery, it's gone in that part of my spine. Then they take a cage, a metal cage, and they put, they take a bone graft from your pelvis, which is kind of crazy. Um, and they put it in that little cage and then they stick it where your disc was. Over time, that, that bone will hopefully grow to become your new disc. So that's the first part. The second part is that they have to sturdy your spine. So in order to do that, to keep everything from not moving, um, <clears throat> they took two titanium rods on either side of the vertebrae and they bolted them into my vertebrae. <laughs> it is the craziest thing to think about that I, I don't have a disc there, I now have metal. So like I'm one of those people that needs to go through the metal detector at the airport and say, hold up, hold up. Yep, I'm beeping because I got metal rods in my back. It's insane. Um, and I never thought I'd be having this type of a surgery that's this major. Like it was a four and a half hour procedure. It's a big deal. Um, so definitely come back to the next segment and see how I'm doing, like what, what it's all about. Bye. Hey guys, welcome to the second segment. So I want to tell you a little bit about how I feel. So the day I, was, I came out of surgery, was in recovery, got to my room in, my ho in the hospital, which I was there from Tuesday to Thursday. Um, and you actually have to get up the day of surgery and walk. <laughs> I knew this going in. Um, it was really intense and really horrible to get up out of bed um, because you can't bend or lift or do anything. But at midnight, <laughs> these nurses had all day to come get me. And at midnight, they the nurse who the nurses were great. They were really nice. Um, comes and gets me out of bed. Says, "All right, we gotta we gotta walk." So I, I walked literally three steps out of my room, turned around and got back in bed. But you got to get up and you got to move. Otherwise, you're going to get stagnant and 
you're gonna tighten up and they don't want you to tighten up after your surgery. So that was pretty intense. The next day in the morning, physical therapy came. <laughs> that was a joke. The woman literally manhandled me out of bed after I told her, you know, this is not what I'm capable of right now. Like I couldn't just, you can't, I couldn't log roll. So we'd been lifting the back of the bed all the way up so that I could just basically sit up and turn myself off the side of the bed. And she didn't listen to me and literally manhandled me. And I'm like screaming at her, like, you need to stop doing this. I can't do it. Like stop trying to make me do something I know my body's not capable of, right? But she succeeded in doing what she wanted to do and it didn't help at all because I still can't, after over a week, I still can't log roll. And my nurse that came, that comes twice a week right now, said that's completely normal. Like, you, you shouldn't be able to do that. It's not what you need to be doing right now. Um, so there was that. That was so painful. So they get me up. <clears throat> Actually, yeah, they get me up and then... So we went for a few steps down the hallway. I come back, get in bed. And later on, the nurse is like, hey, like, do you want to like try sitting in the chair, have something to eat? Because I hadn't eaten anything. So this is like the day after. So I went in on Tuesday. So this is like Wednesday afternoon. I still hadn't eaten anything yet. Um, so she gets me up really nicely, like listens to me. And I sit in the chair. And all of a sudden, my blood pressure drops to 70 over 40. <laughs> So I'm just laying there and she takes my blood pressure like 50 times and it takes the better part of an hour, like 50 minutes to an hour to get my blood pressure back where it needs to be. So stick around and hear about some other things that have happened. Okay, so welcome to the third segment. So I get into the chair, my blood pressure plummets to 70 over 40 and I'm sitting there for an hour while this nurse was pretty frantic but she was really cool she was nice um she's losing her mind over my blood pressure so it takes the better part of an hour like 50 minutes to get my blood pressure back to normal and so she's like okay like you have to eat something like she's freaking out so I order some food you know people knock hospital food but it's really not that bad like I had some I had turkey with um mashed potatoes and mashed sweet potatoes and broccoli and I had some really good, like, my hospital must be badass because I had a whole menu, like, a dinner menu that I could choose from. It was pretty awesome. So, I'm eating whatever I get back somehow. I get into bed. Going to the bathroom is a whole other story. I had to have a catheter in the beginning, and then they take the catheter out, and then then you're responsible for getting up and going to the bathroom on your own, and that was, that was pretty horrible. Pretty horrible. So, alright. So, I get out of the hospital... Physical, well, physical therapy comes again. She's not as horrible this time, but she was not my favorite person. Still isn't. Didn't really give her a great review when I left the hospital. Um, oh, on top of that, they're trying to get my blood. So they would come at 2 or 3 in the morning to get your take your blood. And nobody could find my veins. One of my nurses' names was Sparkle. Well, she wasn't a nurse. She was a blood taker. Blood sucker. Um, couldn't find my veins to save her life poked me three or four times, then had to have somebody else come in who still couldn't find it. And then they told me, in a couple hours, a special IV team will come and, and take your blood because we just can't find it. And I, would, and I told her, I'm like, do not poke me again or there will be a problem. Because I have like pokes all over my arms and like they're digging and I'm like, yeah, just stop. 
just stop. <laughs> I don't care what you have to do, just stop. So the special IV team comes, and it's this woman, and she couldn't even find my veins. It was because I was dehydrated and a whole bunch of other things, but mainly because you're dehydrated, your veins kind of, like, suck in. Um, so yeah, that was a thing. That was fun. Eventually, the, the special IV team lady found my vein and got some blood, but it took a while. I don't know why they needed to take the blood after all the nonsense, but it's okay. So that was that. So then physical therapy came on Thursday, and, uh, Thursday morning before I was discharged, and I did some stairs. I walked all the way down the hallway, um, which is kind of amazing. Two days after having back surgery, up and walking, walked over to the stairs, almost did a full flight of stairs. I just, my arms are really not great. Like you can't do anything really. Your core does everything for you. So come back and find out what happened. Okay, so I'm doing physical therapy. I'm doing almost a full flight of stairs in a hospital. And then I decide, you know, I can't do any more because your, your core is responsible for everything. I can be more clear about this. So you can't walk without your core. You can't lift things without your core. You can't hold on to things without your core. And when you have spine surgery, it's gone. It's, you need to relearn all of that. So I'm using a walker. Um, like I'm 85, I'm needing help from everybody to do everything because I can't bend over at this point and like lift, like you can't lift anything over 10 pounds and the average um, gallon of milk is 8 pounds. It's things that you don't even think about. You don't even think about it. Like I'm sitting at the dinner table and it's an issue to even like lift up my arms to feed myself. <clears throat> That's how crazy it is. Like it, it controls everything in your body and you don't even think about that. So I get home and I can't get into a bed. I can't get out of a bed. So we decide that I'm going to sit in a chair. Well, I'm living in a chair. I've been living in the same chair in the front room, like in our TV room for the past week or so. This is completely normal. Most post-op patients for the surgery sleep in a recliner. We don't have a recliner. I just have like a, a chair, like a poofy chair. Like a normal, nice, like, kind of luxurious little chair to sit in. And, like, a footstool and the ottoman for the family room and all that kind of stuff. But it's bad. Like, you have to, I have to sleep in the chair because I can't get in a bed. Because the surgery goes all the way, the, I have seven incisions on my back at this point. And the main surgery goes all the way down to the top of your butt crack. Like, the top of it. So when you're trying to get into a bed and you go to lay down or get comfortable, that whole thing stretches out, that whole area. So you can't, like it's just not comfortable. And it's really painful. The amount of pain during this surgery, I've got to probably put it up there with, I know people are gonna say there's no way, with childbirth. I've never had a child. I, I plan to in the future, but this has got to be up there with the amount of pain and, uh, even with heavy pain meds, like, it's still really painful. Like, I could never imagine doing this again. Um, but yeah, it's super painful. You can't, I can't lay down yet. I mean, physical therapy will come to my house and maybe help me get into bed and 
help me find a better way to get into bed, but all of our beds are really high, so it's hard. Um, but yeah, so come back and see what I'm up to right now. Okay, welcome back to segment five. So I'm home from surgery, I'm post-op, I'm about a week out and I'm still, like I still have to use a walker. Um, I, you know what, I showered by myself and bathed, I bathed myself. You have to do it in a chair, so you, I had to put a chair, a chair in the shower. Um, I'm not taking major pain meds anymore, I'm only taking Tylenol um, every six hours. And I can bathe myself, I can undress myself, and redress myself. <laughs> That's where I'm at. Um, walking is getting a little bit easier every day, but I'm not, I'm still not at that place where I cannot use a walker. Um, getting around the house is a pain in a, with a walker. It really is just horrible. Like, I feel for all the old people. I really do. Um, what else? What else? So, like, I still can't do anything for myself. The most I can really do is, um, like, I made a ham sandwich yesterday. I made a ham roll up with some tortillas today. But I, you know, <laughs> I have to do everything one by one. So I have to get the plate first. So I make myself like a race course to go around the kitchen. I get the plate first and put it down, and then I go get the bread, and then I put that down, and then I get this ham, and then I put that down, and then I sit down and make it, and I leave everything there so I can just put everything back in another race course around the kitchen. <laughs> Um, but other than that, I have not gone upstairs yet, but I know I can. Um, there's no reason because I can't get in my bed, so it's kind of pointless. Um, but everything, everybody's still doing things for me, which is really frustrating. I'm very thankful, but it's still very frustrating when you have to tell somebody like a thousand times what to do and how to do it, and <clears throat> it gets old. Um, overall, I'm super thankful for my doctor. Um... I really do trust that he's done everything that he can to make uh, this the best experience possible. He is very good at what he does. He's well known in the community for what he does. He's a neurosurgeon. Um, and I know I have a appointment on Wednesday and I know that it's going to go well. Um, and yeah, so if you've ever had spinal fusion done, definitely hit me up and let me know how your experience was, and if you haven't, like, how would you feel about having all these restrictions put on you? Um, yeah, so it's, it's hard for anybody that's ever had it done. I feel for you. The pain is immeasurable, but, you know, you get through it, and, and on to better things, hopefully. <laughs> I'm hoping, really. All right, guys, thanks for joining me today on the podcast. I'm so sorry I've been gone for so long. I'm down for six weeks, so I'm, I'll probably be back. Bye.